Welcome everybody to the R&R CatCast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State Athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back, Bobcat fans, to the R&R CatCast. This is Ryan, a.k.a. Thorny, and I'm going to be your host briefly here for this introduction. Ryan Foley is in Montana on vacation, so he was not able to make this segment. However, we did record a segment last night with Shane, a.k.a. Driscoll Cat, and that's going to be what we're going to play here in a little bit. So what that is, is we basically just recapped fall camp, talked a little bit more about the quarterback battle, and talked a little bit some position battles. As of tonight, Sunday night, uh, MSU has released the depth chart for the Texas Tech game, so that will answer some of the questions that we recorded last night, so that was fun for us. So what we're going to do now is just release this um, kind of as soon as we can here, and we'll record the Texas Tech uh, preview episode probably Monday night and release that to you Wednesday. So stay tuned for that episode. Um, So this episode that was recorded last night, Ryan like I said, is out in Montana, was using is just a little cell phone to record, so you'll notice a little bit of an audio difference between him and what he normally does. Uh, he was quite literally, as he tells me, recording from his parents' basement. So have you even really podcasted if you don't record an episode from your parents' basement? I don't know. That's a question for people smarter than me to answer. But without much further ado, we're going to get into it here. Let me play uh, the recording from last night with Shane Driscoll, me and Ryan Foley as we discuss the fall camp recap. Hope you enjoy. All right. Well, now we're going to have our fall camp recap impressions, whatever you want to call it here. We got Shane Driscoll, Driscoll Cat on here to talk about uh, a little bit what he's seen at camp because he's the only one of us three who's been able to be at camp. Shane, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Glad to have you on. All right. So why don't you, uh, first and foremost, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. You kind of started a little YouTube channel, Bobcat Outsider. Um, what's that been like? Yeah. So um, initially, you know, we talked about me attending the camp to kind of report back and kind of share my thoughts with you guys. And that was the initial impetus, as you know. And I just uh, decided, um, you know, I have some some good audio equipment. Why don't I try to record some of that audio? So it just kind of like from there, you know, I, in order to do that, I, I um, emailed Bill Lamberty. He got back to me right away. And all of a sudden, He's, you know, I, I, I'm kind of in a position to, you know, record good audio and video of, um, the different, the different, uh, interviews and and some of, some of the different parts of practice and stuff like that. And it's been kind of a whirlwind, but it's been really fun and and cool to just be a little bit kind of on the inside of, uh, what's going on in fall camp. Yeah. You went from zero to 60 real fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You kind of like. Like I, I was there one day and I was just like, why don't I just like pull up my phone and just record what's what they're talking about? Cause they just started an interview like right in front of me. So I'm like, I'm just going to record it. And and I sent it to you guys. And I think it was you Thorny that were like, 
you need to get some equipment. And I, I like took it as a personal <laughs> challenge. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I have equipment. <laughs> so I showed up with everything, full guns, ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of how Foley was when we decided to do the uh, Big Sky kickoff. Like all of a sudden we're like, hey, do you think we can get into this thing? And then next thing you know, like we're, we're going to this thing. And all of a sudden Foley's there get, picking up his little pass and uh, <laughs> away we go. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I have a, I have a question for you, Shane. I was wondering, like, when you first were getting into it, were you were you nervous or did you feel confident? Yeah, I did. I I'm I'm not the kind to feel like overly nervous in in situations like that, but I did feel nervous um, because it was just like a lot of people who definitely did belong, <laughs> and then me who's mm-hmm. like. I, I'm sure I don't, you know, but sure. But, Hi guys, uh, can, can I ask some questions? Please? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't even <laughs> want to ask questions because I was just like, I, I don't want to sound stupid. But um, so for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a complete amateur when it comes to um, journalism, that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, but I'm very interested, big fan. And, and, you know, I have the equipment to, you know, uh, do a relatively good job of recording and, equipment and a little bit of knowledge to, to do that. So, yeah, you mentioned you have some good equipment. Uh, why do you have the equipment? Yeah. So I, I appreciate that little segue for me to plug <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> there it was yeah, yeah, a nice little softball for me. Um, <laughs> my uh, wife and I have a YouTube channel, uh, where we share, uh, our adventures around Montana, different road trips, um, hiking, backpacking trips, uh, in different places around Montana, Yellowstone glacier up into Banff and stuff like that. Um, it's called Adventures of Shane and Laura. If anyone wants to check it out, any, anyone that's interested in just kind of seeing uh, different parts of Montana that they might not be able to see otherwise, or just different uh, ideas of, of where to get out to and, and have some fun. No, I've watched a few of the videos. You do a great production value as you do with your Bobcat Outsider stuff. Like you, you got a, you got a talent here, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. We could put that uh, link in the show notes as well. So if, uh, if our viewers want to check that out, it would just be a hyperlink in our, our notes. That'd be pretty cool. Yep. Do that. And, uh, throw a little mention on social media. How's that sound? Yeah. Thanks guys. I really appreciate that. Welp gentlemen, why are we here today? We're going to talk some fall camp, some football. It is game week as far as I'm concerned because we're going to be releasing this on, I don't know, Wednesday. We're recording it on a Saturday night. We're going to be like multiple recordings in this bad boy, but this is the fall camp discussion with Shane. I'm excited. It's football time. Are you guys excited? Go Cats, man. I'm ready to go. It's it's like analogous of going back to school. You just keep waiting and waiting and waiting. Just like it's taking forever. and then. And then it's just going to come. It's going to be awesome. So I can't wait. It's almost like, whoa, slow down a little bit. We haven't even like, uh, we still got a lot of episodes stuff here to record. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's like, I'm not ready for this season. I thought I was, but uh, no, not. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So I think what we'll talk about tonight, uh, a little bit of an outline, um, give some more impressions of the quarterback situation. I felt like last episode, we spent some good time talking about Tucker Rovig and what happened there and how he didn't maybe get a necessarily a fair shake and we also talked a little bit about just how we got here how we got to the having casey bauman and tucker will be the quarterbacks fighting for the spot but i feel like we should talk a little bit about actually what casey bauman brings to the table his abilities maybe any things he needs to work on and what the offense might look under him also uh talk a little bit about the competition that we've had brewing in camp at multiple positions and just the competition between maybe even position groups there's been some discussion on that from the coaches. So we can certainly talk about that. And then after that, I don't know. 
that's pretty much what the what it's going to be. Any other random thoughts or questions we have for our quote beat reporter Shane, who's actually, like I said, seen some practice. We are out here in Washington. We just read it and we watch Shane's videos. That's what we do. So <laughs> how's that sound, guys? That's like a good little outline there. There you go. Sounds good to me. All right. So starting off with Casey Bauman, Shane, what have you what have you seen from him in camp? You've seen him a few times practices. You did you you made it over to one of the scrimmages, right? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I uh, th- so the first scrimmage was closed, um, and I but I have seen some uh, you know eleven on eleven drills, and then saw the the second scrimmage, which um, was kind of by necessity, pretty vanilla. They they wanted it to be one hundred percent, you know, on the record, which. You know, generally you're not supposed to just be like, you know, tweeting out any random thing at, at practice, but uh, at the scrimmage, they were like, you know, just, you know, whatever, do whatever you want to do. So, but, you know, necessarily it was pretty, pretty bland, but um, it, it it's enough to see Casey in action. Uh, I guess one, one thing I want to say really quick is like when, when, when you, you know, someone talks about, oh, this is what I saw at, at um, the practice or like, this is, this is what it looked like to me. Like most of the sessions with the um, ones on the ones is like a lot of the practices are out on, I think it's called Deitch Field. Um, And it's like a football field away from you with a whole, like a a whole, the the threes and fours are right in front of you. And then there's a line of football players on the sidelines between you and the other football field. So it's extremely difficult to have a very clear view of what's going on. I'm sure that's by design, but that just is to help kind of give context when someone's like, Oh yeah, I saw there were exactly three interceptions and this one looked like that. It's like, well, yeah, you didn't see exactly what the interceptions looked like. It's, (laughs) It's just, it's just too hard. You're just too far away. And it's not, you know, you're standing on the side with these other guys, you're kind of talking to each other about it is was that bombing that through that or, you know, what that looked like. So that's just to help people to understand that it's, it's very limited. Even, even someone who has a very keen eye for what they're looking at, it's still very limited in what their take is going to be, especially early on. So you're saying that a certain greatest poster who has a quote <laughs> connections many insider <laughs> friends who saw multiple interceptions maybe they if these are even actual people may not have actually seen what they thought they saw <laughs> I, i'm saying anyone who's claiming a specific number of interceptions <laughs> they're all thrown in such a way that's that that's people might be inflating their authority a little bit. i don't know who i'm talking about here i'm just throwing <laughs> random thoughts into the world <laughs> yeah right for sure so, Carry on. Yeah, so thank you for getting real specific about something I was trying to stay vague on. I really appreciate that. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, you're but, welcome. Uh, yeah, I know, but it was um, it, it was really uh, a new experience for me. I, I had not attended uh, practices before. You know, I'd driven by them and stuff on on Kagi, but um, that was the first time I stopped and just stayed and and really kind of tried to observe and get an idea of what's going on. And what I think I'm seeing. Let, let me, I guess, let me just be frank. Bauman just seemed to have a better fall camp all around. Like he just wasn't, he was being more consistent. He was, he had some nice, um, nice little moments where he had to escape the pocket, but he kept the play going, kept his eyes downfield and delivered a strike when he needed to. Um, he, he, he definitely still delivers in that plus one run game. He He's just a, 
big eye. I, I think I'm, if you guys looked at the uh, video I put up of the scrimmage, I, I just got the the video of him running in a touchdown on, on the end of a, a nice drive that he put together during that scrimmage. And he's just a big physical guy who can move a little, he, he can move pretty nicely. So I think he, he brings all of that to the table. I think that he is, he has actually, he has a degree of humility, which is kind of refreshing to see in a quarterback. Um, I'm sure you can kind of see it in his interviews and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I think um, he was just significantly more uh, consistent than the other quarterbacks in the, in the competition. Well, he could strike me as someone who has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder coming from such a small school, putting up big numbers and not getting very little, you know, division one looks. So you can certainly see the humility just coming from that standpoint. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Shane, I, I was wondering what his demeanor is like, uh, does he command leadership when he's and the times you've seen him are, are players gravitating towards him? What do you see there? I, I, I wish that I could um, answer that honestly fully, but I, I can't say that I've been able to have enough observation of him with teammates in such a way that, that I, that I could say definitively. Yeah. He's got a lot of command. Although in my, you know, in my talking with other teammates, they've both expressed a lot of confidence in, in both of the the two quarterbacks who were in the competition, him and Rovig. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't see any reason to think that they don't, I don't see any reason to think Bauman doesn't have a good command of, um, of the huddle, but even, you know, even Jeff Cho said in, in his, uh, interview where he announced that Bauman was the starting quarterback specifically, he said, now that's not to say he, he said that Rovig, I mean, excuse me, that Bauman had command of the huddle, but he said specifically, that's not to say that, um, Rovig doesn't have that same thing. In fact, if it's anything, it's my gut feeling is what he said. I, I, I will say on the sideline with the reporters and other people, there was a bit of a consensus that Bauman was having a better fall than Rovig in general. So when, when Choate says it's just his gut feeling, maybe that's because he has more confidence from the spring where there were reports that Rovig had a better fall camp. Um, but I do, I do think that Bauman just looked more consistent. Um, hmm. But but I do I I genuinely believe uh, Choate when he says there is no, you know that they that that they both ha- had a lot of confidence from their teammates. Sure, and you know we heard that like maybe that's why he had won the job is because he was had more of that command of the offense. But you know all things if if all things are equal if that's an equal thing then something else has to stand out. I think uh, we mentioned it on the last podcast that we did that is this his willingness to throw the ball down the field to take a few shots. It didn't sound like Tucker Rovig really was able to do that. It sounds like maybe he uh, choked, was getting on him a little bit to like just throw the ball down, Tucker, just throw the ball down the field. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. it just didn't seem like he was willing to air it out in the system where like that's what Matt Miller predicates. You know, that Boise State kind of offense on. I, I do think that Bauman, while he might have been a little bit less hesitant, he was still more hesitant than the the real young guns. The um, you know, like <laughs> Thielen and those guys they, who've got nothing to lose, you know, they, they throw <laughs> a, a pick and it's like, all right, next, next shot, you know, but, uh, but I think, you know, they just both had a lot on the line, but I think that there was like a level of consistency that we were seeing out of bombing, um, that was a little bit higher and, and, you know, gosh, 
the quarterbacks on the team, you just see some really nice touch passes and you're like, Oh my goodness. Like that looks so good. You see it from everybody. And then you see moments where it's like, Oh shoot. Like that is not what I'm hoping for. And I guess this is one other thing I want, <laughs> I wanted to touch on. This is not a happy, warm, fuzzy thing at all. Um, and this is coming from a fan. Um, you know, we want to say like, well, they're going against one of the toughest secondaries, one of the toughest defenses that they're going to see in the conference. Um, and that, that is certainly true, but some of the interceptions that were thrown were clearly not a function of that. They were throwing directly. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe there was something to do with the pressure. Maybe there's, but my impression of them was, boy, you just threw it straight to the defense on, on some of them. That's not a lot of them. (laughs) Um, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, they're terrible. But I just don't want to give them a pass on every single interception that they had, you know, or every single bad, bad pass that they had. Sometimes it's just a bad pass, you know. And and so I just wanted to clear that up because there's, you know, there's a lot of different narratives that can come out when you're just like, well, this is what kind of my impression or whatever. But then when you show up and you see it, it's like, okay, yeah, but that doesn't get chalked up to that. Like that one right there, that did not look very good. Even if it's not an interception, it's like that's that's a place where you need to have that in a game or something like that. So that was the place where you saw more consistency out of bomb and he wasn't doing that as often, but he was certainly not faultless in that respect. That's, you know, something that's going to be expected with the young quarterback. Either both those guys are young. Like we're talking Casey Bauman is a redshirt freshman and Rovig is a redshirt sophomore and I mean that's it's still they're just still really young and they're still learning yet another new offensive coordinator system I and mean, that's just you're going to make a bad decision or bad read or, and they're still young and they're still processing yeah. the game. Um, but I mean, every quarterback, you know, Brett Favre threw plenty of those kind of passes in his career because he was <laughs> right. a gunslinger. Did <laughs> I yeah. saw, uh, did you see that, um, video clip on Twitter, uh, of Brett Favre when he first got in the league, he had no idea what a nickel defense was. <laughs> oh man. I did not see that. <laughs> <laughs> he asked like, he asked the, uh, like the quarterback that was there before him, like, He's like, all right, they're, com- they're coming out with a nickel. And Brett Favre's like, what? What's that? It's pretty oh funny. That's just like, it's just, it's just funny. Like, there's a lot of different ways to approach quarterback. Is what I'm saying. There's the book smart guys, and there's the guys just go out there and just trust what they see and just throw the ball, and then don't even know what kind of defense they're looking at. I don't know where Bauman fits in there, but um, what kind of quarterback do you think he he's gonna end up being? I guess is a question. I don't know where he's gonna be. He's going to be a guy who's just giving a game manager, take a shot down the field every once in a while. Like I don't think the staff will ever ask too much too much out of any one quarterback we ever have. Yeah, I think until we see someone like step up, like like a Lule or a, um, a McGee, you're going to see, especially when you have athletes on the team like we have that are just these insane weapons that you can throw in a wildcat and just be like, no one has any idea where that ball is going to go and on the ground, like where it's going to go. And they're, they're going to walk into the end zone sometimes, you know, when you've got those weapons, like you don't have to put that pressure on them. So why, why not, you know, just kind of ease them into it. Bully, what are your thoughts on Bauman as his abilities go in his play style? Just kind of, what are your impressions of him? Well, uh, I don't have a lot to base any solid <laughs> takes yeah. on, on, I mean, things, I mean, Sh- Shane's audio and videos are, what I've seen really. And yep. so uh, I, I'm going to withhold. I, I think uh, Montana state will do just what Shane was talking about. Not give them too many opportunities basically to 
screwed up and employ, uh, you know, the Travis Johnsons, the Troy Andersons, the Kevin Cassis's on the team to take snaps. And it's going to be like this platoon style um, quarterback system. And my thought is when I was thinking about this earlier today is I bet they start out conservative with Bauman and see how he progresses. And, and my hopes is, you know, by, you know, like UC Davis time, you know, that, that 10th game in or 11th game in the season, you know, hopefully he's making some strides and, and that he becomes more of a, a playmaker for us. So, but and he might be a playmaker right away. I don't know. Uh, but I'm guessing that he's going to be limited in what they ask him to do. If you're Miller coming into Texas tech fully kind of what's your game plan on how to utilize bomb and how to work him into his first game in a pretty harsh big time environment. Well, I give him a lot of easy throws. I bet he's going to be throwing a lot of bubble screens right away. Um, you know, check down passes. I think they're probably want to stretch the field like they did with Troy Anderson. You know, they would always take one to two shots early on uh, or, you know, one or two shots per quarter. And so I think they're probably going to do that to keep um, the safeties from crowding the line and, you know, dropping in. And so uh, beyond that, I don't see him doing, you know, a lot of intermediate passes, you know, over the middle. Maybe. I'm not sure, but it, that's just my gut saying that. And I think that they um, will roll in I, I i'm sure within the first quarter we're going to see at least three different people take snaps so uh i think we're going to see a lot of rotation in uh, the quarterback system at texas tech but you know if bowman excuse me bowman progresses as a passer uh, that could become less and less throughout the season yeah and we'll talk more about texas tech here after this segment we'll do a preview of them my first play of the game though bowman drops back Fires a bomb 50 yards downfield, Travis Johnson. I don't care if it's complete. We're telling Texas Tech that we got a quarterback, the rocket arm, and we got a wide receiver who's going to blow past any DB in the country. I don't care if it's complete or not. That's a statement. It's the same play we ran the first, first play of the game against North Dakota State. Yeah, and it worked. <laughs> it did. And if Troy Anderson would have put like two more yards underneath that ball, Kevin Cassis would have walked into the end zone. So yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. That was a that was a super awesome start. But that was like yeah. literally literally the last good thing that happened that entire game. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Troy Anderson running like 105 yards in that game. That's amazing. When the team was doing what it was doing. True. Yeah, but at that point, well decided. Regardless, <laughs> anyone else have any closing thoughts on Casey Bauman starting quarterback? I just hope. That he just progresses, and I hope uh, MSU is patient with him. And I, that, that's been my kind of thought for from this from the beginning, whether it was Rovig or Bomb. And I just, I, I hope he, you know, he's gonna take his lumps. I hope he has that Daenerys McGee mentality. You know, you know, just come back out out there and give it your best at every at every moment. So. Yeah, I, I know you don't exactly trust Choate in these matters. Hopefully, <laughs> Matt Miller's, like, if things are going south, Miller's like, just let him write it out, you know, don't take mm-hmm. the guy out. So I guess we'll uh, see how that plays. So how, how about you, Shane? Any closing arguments, thoughts here? Actually, I, I was going to say something very similar to what uh, Ryan was saying. I I, uh, I think it's, it's going to be rough. Like, we're going to start out, we're going to see things, we're going to be like, oh, man, like, seriously – but we, we have to, I, uh, I shouldn't say we have to, we, we really should give him a chance to learn things the hard way and, and let the defense and the, the run game and stuff like that kind of hold him up as he's learning. 
because down the road that could really pay dividends <laughs> if we if we give them a chance to learn. Solid arguments, and honestly, I have the exact same sentiments, so I don't even need to say anything right here. <laughs> All right, well, good discussion. Let's talk a little bit about um, competition. I know that that the coaches have talked about competition between position groups. Um, is that something that you've noticed that them talking a little bit about just the competition in general, Shane? Yeah. Um, it just seems like, it just seems like everyone is just in a good mood right now in camp and things are just like clicking. I think a big part of that is that everyone has a like pride. Um, everyone's got, got pride in their position group and they're really trying to demonstrate like they, they really are really good. And there's some position groups that are like, like the safeties. It's like, if you're going to be as good as them, like you got to be extremely good. If, if you're going to be as good as D line, like you really need to show up and put your work in. And, um, and so, and, and that's what I asked Cho, like, is there someone like a person or a unit that's standing out to you in terms of level of effort or focus? And, and he was like, actually, like we were just talking about it. It seems like every unit is just showing up and competing to try to be the best unit on the team. And I can't imagine a better type of 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 competition on the team than like each unit trying to be the best like that's you got the guys that are doing the same thing encouraging each other to be better so that their unit is better and the people they're competing against aren't competing for the same role you know so it's it's just an incredibly healthy type of competition to have on your team um then there's also uh impressively jojo henderson has come up a couple different times for and and I he impressed me and I I mentioned to somebody I don't remember who it was. Um, did I mention to you guys uh, like during the Wagner game last year he was the only dude that could tackle um, Fulce. Like every time Ryan Fulce got tackled, it was number seven on him. It was mm-hmm. amazing. I remember uh, watching him against the South Dakota State t- uh, game two years ago when he was first on the team, and he was seemed like the only guy who was able to like tackle anyone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's an impressive, impressive dude. It's, yeah. you know, you've got these two guys ahead of him that are just, you know, all conference type guys and that, and that's really difficult, but I guess he's pressing them. He's like really, really, you know, competing to, to try to, you know, put himself out there as a, a number one kind of guy, which just makes them that much, you know, more hungry for their own job, you know, which is just, I think it's just a, a really a good way to build it an incredibly good defense. He's kind of a forgotten guy. Like he had a good season his first year here, and then last year he just was hurt for most of the year. Or is that how it went? Am I am I remembering this correctly? Like he lost his starting job basically because he was injured, and they brought in Jacque Allen. I can't remember Thorny. I can't remember I, the uh, specifics of this. Sh- his shoulders is that his problem? Is that or safety that had his problems with that? I can't remember. <laughs> or or was he here in two thousand? Was it two thousand sixteen when we played South Dakota State? I'm talking. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm talking the f- when we played him at home. At home, it was. I think that was 17, wasn't that? 17 and 18 was a home and home. Yeah, 17 or 16 was at home because that was choice first year. 17 was away, and then we. Oh, geez, no, I'm wrong. Yeah, 17 no, was home. Yeah, 17 was home. Yeah. 18 was away. He played in the 17 one. I think he was injured for most the last year. I don't know. Whatever it was, um, he's a good player, and he would be start if he was the starting guy back there. I'd be complete. We'd all be completely happy about that. Absolutely. I think he's going to make some waves and win way or the other. I don't know how he's going to get in the game. It's going to be hard to 
get any playing time between safeties who aren't typically guys who rotate in and out. So, um, uh, but it's really good to have a guy like that in that position. Yeah. And in that same vein and, and sticking with the defensive backs, um, Tyrell Thomas, I, I had an opportunity to interview him and I just, I can't believe with the the stuff that he has done for our team over the past couple of years, especially in cat Grizz. I just can't, I, I can't imagine how good these guys are that the coaches are putting them ahead of him. Um, at the corner position because he's, he's not in the, you know, ones or maybe even twos. He, maybe he's at a number two kind of level, but um, you know, you'll see him practice with the threes and fours sometimes. And it, it just, I know that there were some things with his, he had a class that he had to kind of, you know, demonstrate that he was getting passing grades and stuff like that. And maybe he chose making him work his way back in, but he's just such an incredible corner that it's it just surprises me that they have people that are ahead of him in the system which um i mean that's that's such a great i don't know problem to have so to speak but uh just just seeing those guys like jojo and tyrell like competing for for time it's it's like man it really gives you a lot of hope for the team shane when you uh talk to tyrell how did he take it oh was he what was his attitude like he was so cool you guys are gonna love it when when you get the audio and the, and the video, like he was such a cool kid. Like he was um, like really humble. And like, I was talking to him. He's just like, I was like, you know, what's it like to like be now kind of competing for that job after you, you know, worked so hard, done so much, so much good for the team and all that. He's like, Oh, it's just a blessing. It's just a blessing. Yeah. Just over. And over. I, was, I was just so impressed with him. And he's just like, I don't know. He was so cool. I asked him, I don't know if you guys know this, but in 2016, I think it was St. John Bosco played <laughs> Bishop Gorman. I, did I tell you about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so for, for the podcast listeners, St. John Bosco played uh, Bishop Gorman. And if any of you watch the, um, the uh, Q- QB one, QB one, yeah, the documentary QB one, um, they, they showed that game and he was actually, on that episode, like he actually showed up on it. I, I thought that was pretty cool. It was like not the most flattering light, but it, regardless, like really neat, you know, that he he was on that and was, you know, kind of had his 15 minutes of fame. Cool. Did Dave Martell so, light him up? <laughs> yeah. So they did, they did the same <laughs> thing. Like if you guys remember what we did to Justin Calhoun, like um, with, we, we, we had uh, 86 um, uh, shoot. What's his name from Bozeman? Uh, receiver from Bozeman, um, Lance McCutcheon, McCutcheon, Lance McCutcheon, um, run a fade. And then, the, and, and, and he kind of, he kind of got him and actually a little bit, um, but you know, not enough that the flag was thrown. Well, on the very next play, they put Johnson there, run the exact same route with Johnson. And that's how we got like a, I don't know, 30 yard pass, 30 yard fade. That was, would have been for the end zone, but uh, you know, sometimes those longer ones are hard to, uh, dial perfectly in but um mm-hmm. it was the same it was the same play they did they did two fades against him with two different receivers and just wore him out and they showed him getting burned no oh, okay <laughs> so sticking with the kind of the cornerbacks then who has been running with the ones mainly um uh let's see who oh, gosh who has it been um damien washington or filer for sure yeah filer's been in the mix and um Tyrone Gibson been? has been the name I yeah. keep hearing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I have a difficult time because their names are so similar, Tyree and Tyrese. But yeah, mm-hmm. I guess Tyree has been really good. Um, I think that yeah. I apologize, guys. That's not one that I've had a close eye on. I'm just like, I I I just watched um Tyrell Thomas. I'm like, gosh, how's that kid not yeah one? But um, but yeah, I guess those were the two. The Gibson twins were the guys that were pushing behind Jalen Cole and um. Tyrell Thomas, so I'm, that, that makes sense that, that would be him, and and obviously Filer being an all conference guy, being the other guy. Well, I know that a couple guys that have been mentioned by the the coaches are have been like Ty Okada and Lavelle Price Jr. have been two couple guys that I think are also in really good camps as well. So yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. Like that's a pretty loaded group. You got the Gibson yeah. twins, you got Thomas Okada, Price Jr., Filer, the stalwart Damian Washington feels like he's been here since like. <laughs> Like Mike Kramer <laughs> yeah. was coaching. I feel like yeah. he's, he's I interviewed him too. I, I I'm gonna uh, kind of like over the course of the season, like put those ones out. Um, but Ty Okada is technically a safety, but um, the safeties group is like just loaded. That if you put Ty Okada and um, uh, seven uh, JoJo Henderson out there, it would be you know you'd be a happy happy as a clam. But <sighs> um, but yeah, it's it's just so nice to have that depth. All the defensive backs are just so good. And then you throw in Troy, and he's like, yeah, Troy could totally play nickel. That's the biggest <laughs> freaking nickel. Like, that's insane. No one plays nickel that is over 210 pounds. <laughs> I know, right? Or over 200 pounds. Game, that's a big oh, nickel. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, defensive backs is loaded. I love it. Yeah, that's not even uh, considering that, uh, you know, Sean Borges departed in the offseason either. If he was in there, man, that's just, that's a, it's a loaded group regardless. But, um, Okay, well, we talked a little bit about the the safety and the cornerbacks. Anything else you want to talk about there with that fully? Nope. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, so I know one of the biggest competitions has, has been a linebacker. Um, Troy Anderson pretty much the only one I think really has a guaranteed job. Uh, we were talking a little bit before the show started, and I honestly, I a little still a little confused on who's starting where. <laughs> so uh, we got Amandre Williams playing the buck, which is the flex linebacker defensive end. Uh, Troy Anderson, and is it going to be Josh Hill? You think is he going to get a lot of the snaps? Anyone want to answer that one? And uh, Michael Jobin, I guess, is the other one I've heard a lot about uh, reading reports and from the camp. What are your thoughts on that? Maybe Shane, take it take it first. Yeah. So um, it, my so Josh Hill is like just so proven. He's just he's so freaking good. And Michael Jobin put on like a million pounds in the off season of pure muscle. So like I can imagine him fighting for it but nolan askelson has also been one been right Mm -hmm. up there that they've been talking about in fact that's the first name that came out of um um kane island's mouth when he was talking about the defensive backs i mean excuse me uh the middle linebacker um battle that he you know was really kind of standing out too but i just don't know i mean look i understand you look at him you're like we're gonna put him out there the dude just plays football he's just insanely good like I, I don't know. Like you watch him tackle like uh JLM um, uh, Jerry Louis McGee from Missoula in the open field. And you're like, people don't do that. Like that's not done, but he just did it with ease. He makes it look so easy and he's always in the right place at the right time. I, I can't imagine taking him off, but they're not talking about him as if he's a, a surefire candidate for one of those two positions. It's, it's like every, I, I think that Bobby Daly feels really conflicted about making the decision because he just feels like he, he's got an embarrassment of riches. Shane, were you talking about Askelson there or I was, I was a little bit lost on that. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So the main main thing I was talking about there was was Josh Hill. I don't know how you take oh, okay. Josh Hill off yeah, the field. Okay. Uh, yeah. Nolan Askelson, though, was one that um, specifically Kane Ione, um, defensive coordinator Kane Ione, had said, yeah, he's really standing out. And, and that's great to hear. And, and to be totally honest with you, it's hard to watch everyone competing at all the different positions at the same time. So I haven't noticed that in particular, but um, uh, that's that says something when you're competing against a guy like Josh Hill, and you're like, yeah, it's a standout guy. It's like, geez, Louise, how good do you have to be <laughs> to play middle linebacker? You think even if Josh Hill is 100 percent healthy, the job is still not even guaranteed to be his, and Bobby Daly feels a little conflicted on who he should start. I I guess um, that's a good question. M- maybe that is part of his what his hangup um, is. You know, he had a back surgery that it sounds like some people are saying you just don't go back and play football after that. But he obviously did against a very tough team in North Dakota state. And, uh, and he instantly looked like the best linebacker on the field, <laughs> right? Like that's that was, exactly it was crazy. It. Yeah. It, it's insane. He hasn't been playing all season, you know, but I, uh, but I don't know, maybe if he was a hundred percent, he hadn't had any surgery, maybe it wouldn't be as much of a question, but it just sounds like right now he just feels like he, he's just got a really good problem in that he just doesn't know who to plug in there. Cause they, cause everyone's competing at such a high level. Well, you also got to watch the pitch count on a guy who's been injured. So yeah. keep him in and out and you really got to get the other guy, you know, really ready to play. Cause what if the uh, Josh Hill does get hurt? So you got to have basically if in a situation like that, where a guy has had an injury that a serious injury like that, you can't play him too much and you got to have a guy ready to go and and play the other snaps that he's not playing. I think that's exactly right. And, and Josh Hill has been on a pitch count or, or he's been in a position. Uh, uh, Coach Cho kind of made a little bit of a joke about it, how he's, he's on his own pitch count in, in the um, scrimmage. Like he's like, Oh, I wish I could have that job. I get to work how much I want to work or whatever. He's just kind of joking about it. But, um, but I think, I think he, yeah, there's a certain degree of like, look, save him for the really important moments. And then, let these let these guys they're doing great they look good let these guys in there and get get there you know i mean it's not it's not like quarterback it's you got to have a guy that's just the guy you know you can kind of roll yeah. with a few different people so he's just so good at being the the quarterback of the defense if you will yeah that's a good point but those guys in the back the safeties are i think they're really good at that too so i think it's true it's fair to let them do that less important has it been in other years anyway yeah, for the, and, and, for the middle linebacker to handle that. Yeah, and, and I think specifically Kane Ione being a safety, he kind of has like a, a sense of pride in the safety being kind of the quarterback of the defense. Um, he 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 said so much in in one of his in his interview uh, that we did in the blockhouse. Foley, who do you like to start on the positions, th- the three spots? Uh, Troy Anderson. Uh, that's the only one I really know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's the only one I'm going to say. So. Uh, yeah, I just remember last year we just lacked speed um, in our linebacker core, so I just, I just like to see that and Troy bring speed. So there you go. Yeah, that's where I get a little concerned about uh, reports of like job and that and a whole mm-hmm. bunch of weight because he didn't exactly look real fast out there last year. And if he's 20 pounds up, uh, yeah, I just hope he's got the speed to cover the guys out there. And uh, sounds like Chad Cano is kind of the same way. Like, Granted, the only time he really played last year was when he was really hobbled and could tell, but he's he's put on 15, 20 pounds too. So, you know, we got to maintain some speed back there. We can't have um, slow to the ball, slow sideline to sideline. 
Well, another guy that comes to mind would be Daniel Hardy. I think he's uh, shown some flashes, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, this is what I read about in uh, he's an upcoming player that uh, will be good for us. I mean, he definitely has the body for it and the speed. So you can put it together and see the plays. I would love to see him. Well, he's going to play a lot too because uh, Troy Anderson is going to have a pitch count number one. And yeah, he's going to play an offense number two. So <laughs> Daniel Hardy is going to play quite a bit of snaps if he is the backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just for people who don't know, that's that's his spot is is the same spot as Troy Anderson, the field side linebacker or, or the Sam linebacker. So. Um, but, uh, I think that's the other thing is that when you have, a, you have guys with speed, then their range, I think kind of changes in the defense and like your 11 square feet or whatever it is that they say that you're responsible for. It actually changes a little bit, right. Depending on where you are, if you're on the defensive line, you're not covering as much area as the safety is. Right. Um, but you know, if you're able to slide out of a position where you're supposed to cover a lot of ground, you put Troy Anderson, someone who can just cover sideline to sideline and uh and you don't have to be the fastest guy as long as you're not getting trucked by a linebacker you know um i'm sorry getting trucked by a running back excuse me um you're you're in a much better position i i think for me that was the thing that i was wanted to see out of job and was was him being able to stand a guy up and not you know not take the take the tackle kind of into himself but but stand the guy up yeah i mean it remains to be seen a little bit too how Trey Anderson is going to be a linebacker. We all know his athleticism is speed, but can he shed blocks? Can he be in the right spot at the right time? Can he learn the technique? I think the answers are probably yes to every single question, but you know, he's still, he's still learning position. He's still new, but uh, I cannot wait for him to absolutely just blow some little running back up or a quarterback. You know, I just, ah, I can't wait to see him just crush somebody. <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. Who, who are you talking about there? Troy Anderson. Troy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I there, I, there was a moment he, they were doing like pass, ru- pass rush drills, and I did see. I'm like, I gotta watch what 15 does. And so I look over, and oh my gosh, it's it looks stupid, honestly. Like him taking somebody on, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, it's insane. But you remember, like he did, he got in for like one play at defensive end. It, when his hand was all busted up and they're like, Oh, you can't play quarterback. Why don't you go play defensive end at, at South Dakota state? And he blows through the offensive lineman to tackle, to sack the, their quarterback at the goal line. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was freaking insane. <laughs> and, and now he's going to learn the technique. It's like, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah. No, that's an exciting group. And I think no matter which cream rises at the top. That's going to be a solid, solid group. Cause we didn't even talk about like Tate and Gilman or Blake Flovin, who are guys that have earned some praise. And we've heard a lot about or Callahan O'Reilly. So there's, it's just a solid group. And I think it's, it's going to be better and more productive than it was last year. So um, if anyone else has any other things to say about the linebackers, Nope. We will move on to the last group we're going to talk about here. Um, <laughs> didn't really expect to go group by group here. It's kind of what we're doing. Um, at this rate, we'll be here forever. So the defensive line, let's just talk a little bit about, we kind of know what we're getting with a lot of the guys. I'm curious, has Jason Scrampos really made any sort of impression or not? Because I haven't really heard one way or the other. So on on me in particular, I have not seen him actually kind of in action doing stuff. I, you know, I've watched for it, but I just, there's, there's just other guys doing stuff, I think. And I, I don't know. I don't know exactly why it is, but um, I haven't seen him do a lot. So I haven't, I've seen, I've seen him in a little bit, nothing that ever blew my mind. Um, he's, he's a big dude. So there's no way he's not going to, you know, 
do well. You know, he, he, he comes from UW, but um, I think, man, that inside linebacker spot, we just have, I think we're just, I, did I say inside linebacker. I'm sorry. Uh, inside uh, defensive line. We just have a lot of guys. The interior. That, yeah. The interior <laughs> defensive line. Yeah. It's a lot of guys that um, whether it's because of technique or, or speed or size, like they can, they can get the job done. And I, I don't know, he, he's huge. So <laughs> I would, I'd put him in there, but I, I haven't seen, like, I, I thought the D line was really salty without him. Um, Agreed. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see like what what it looks like, but I I think I I I, I do want to say kind of like before we kind of wrap up all this that like if you listen closely to Kane Ion's um, uh, interview, he says if we want to be the best defense in the country, these are the things we have to do. So that's the kind of goals they have. I mean, that's very lofty to say we want to be the number one defense in the country. And he's talking about he says what we want to do is we want to get the ball, score the ball, and give it back to our offense. Like he's talking about scoring on defense is a priority. That's a, that's a big deal. It's those are very lofty goals. And so I think when you set your sights high, you know you can really you can really achieve some amazing things. And and I I'm excited to see what these guys are going to do. Yep, yeah, me as well. It's a we're losing some big production off the group, but in the defensive line here still talking about, but uh, yeah, I think overall, I think the, the entire defense has a, it definitely has a chance to be much improved last year. It'll be, I still have questions about a new defensive coordinator taking over a guy that most Bobcats agree did a pretty good job, had some things here and there, but overall, like everyone was a little surprised to see him go. But uh, I think that they could be definitely a top group. They're going to have to be, especially as the offense kind of learns the ropes with Casey Bauman learning the posi- or learning how to play really uh, starting for the first time in his career. So I think it's going to be a solid group and I'm really excited to see what they can do. As much as people might be looking forward to watching our quarterback play, I'm more looking forward to watching our defense play. So I think, I <laughs> think that's, that's kind of the number one thing I want to see when Texas tech comes and uh, that game next Saturday is it. I think we're going to surprise them um, with our physicality up front. It's kind of funny. We're, we're the fan base that like, I think most Bobcat fans will agree that we're more excited to watch our defense play right now than we are our offense. There you go. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we didn't really talk much about the offense. I didn't really mean for this to be position by position. That's kind of what it turned into. Uh, we talked about the quarterback. We all know all the people listening to this that are probably know that uh, the offensive line, pretty much everyone's back there. That's going to be a good group. Isaiah and Fonze, we all know we're getting there. Um, does anyone have anything else? I did want to talk a little bit briefly about Jacob Hadley at the tight end position. Um, have you noticed anything there, Shane? Like I've heard really good things about Jacob Hadley really coming on as of late. I, uh, to be honest, I, I can't say that um, witnessed uh, with my own eyes anything specific about sure. him. But it sounds like it sounds like he's just got great ball skills and and is going to be really good in the position and, and is the front runner for that position. Can Can I just say something really quick um, about uh, um, the new kid from Bozeman? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. He, he looks uh, coach Cho says he looks like a sophomore. Yeah. He looks like, um, 91 did last year. Um, Jobman, he looks like Jobman did last year and he, he's extremely athletic, uh, like a big, thick dude. And I, I don't know if you want him in there when you're going to try to pull a runoff, but man, I would love to see what he could do as a tight end. Yeah. That's a, definitely an exciting group i know we lost everyone last year but 
Uh, really a solid group of guys, but I, I think this group could end up being overall more productive and better. Uh, maybe not this year, but certainly they're all young guys. So down the road, two or three years, there's going to be one of the top groups in the league. All right. Well, we don't do this too often, but we're kind of up against it, if you will. Um, Fully, start with you. Breakout player. Who do you got? Ooh, you put me on the spot. Yep. Um, no previous discussion on this question. Breakout player. <laughs> I, I'm going to go uh, Ty Okada. I think Ty Okada. He's, he's going to be my, uh, yeah, I think he's just going to be everywhere. But, uh, I mean, we're going to all focus on Conkle and uh, Quay, but I think uh, he's just going to be in the right spot at the right time. So, Do you think he earns a starting nod at some point? No, of course. I mean, you're always going to go through injuries and whatnot, so no doubt. Fair enough. All right, how about you, Shane? Breakout player. You, you know, I guess I, I want to go with Ryan Lonergan because I just, if he gets to see the field, I honestly think that he, he could be an incredibly good receiving tight end. And, um, you know, if he gets, maybe he'll have a game or two that where he just gets to really show what he can do. And I, I think that he's going to um, really impress some people. I think you guys are thinking a little too hard about this. I'm going to go with Amandre Williams. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's probably a good pick too. It's a little too obvious perhaps, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's much thought here. It's either, you could almost even say Troy Anderson because he's hardly <laughs> played new linebacker. <laughs> so could, I mean, a guy can end up on the Buck Buchanan list that played quarterback last year, who <laughs> led the country in touchdowns to the next year on the Buck Buchanan list award list. If that was to be the case, that would be one of the most ridiculous college stories I've ever heard of in my entire life. <laughs> Breakout player of the year. No one saw it. Come- Good at linebacker. <laughs> no one saw it, but everyone's heard of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, I think that pretty much is a wrap on that one. I think uh, that was some good discussion. I'm excited for the season to start. Um, that was a pretty productive fall camp. It was an exciting fall camp, and I'm just glad for it to be over, though. I'm glad got a starting quarterback first time really i felt like we made the right choice and at least we made a choice and i feel good about the choice in a long time (laughs) i'm done talking fall camp thorny let's get this thing going all righty yep well (laughs) thanks again shane for coming on uh fully have a good night and gentlemen go cats go cats go cats